Bleacher Creatures podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself. going on everybody uh this is luke and for the first time in bleacher creatures history i'm actually here in person with the one and only john it's it's i know it's shocking that maybe he's not in ohio or goddamn nebraska like he had been during previous recordings but trust me on this this will be the easiest episode to listen to no radio static it won't sound like you're listening to mike francesa take callers for an hour straight so I know you, you should be thrilled to be here. I assume no, you are. No, I'm a lot happier to be here. There we go. Getting here is a little interesting. Yeah, and if anyone would like to know why, just if you follow John on Instagram, DM him. Maybe he tells you, maybe he doesn't, but if you're curious, DM the guy. It, 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 I'll tell you this, it's, it's worth it. Now, and of course, by the way, Happy 2019, Happy New Year to all of the members of Bleacher Creature Nation. Uh, you know, obviously, we hope for nothing but the best for all of you. Now, 2019 brings us to the interesting time of year for sports, where the NFL is winding down, NBA is starting to get good, college basketball is going to start getting good, and hockey's you know also going to start getting a little bit more intense. Um, I know this week, starting at 4:35 on Saturday, we have the first game of the NFL Wild Card Round which is the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Houston Texans. You have any insights or anything you're, yeah, uh, you're looking game, for? This is the game I hated the most. So Yeah, we know that. For the last two episodes, you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> stop saying stand. how much you hate the goddamn Colts and the goddamn yeah, Texans. I I, right. I don't think either team is impressive. I'll take the Texans at home. Their defense is less suspect with Watt and Clowney. No, I'll take there. Watson over Luck. But, but again... Ugh. Just just because Watson's at home and Watson is a winner, I'll take I'll take the Texans at home. But I'll tell you what, whoever they play next, it ain't happening. Again, I don't I I can't find hole in, holes in that logic, especially when you have a guy like you know Deshaun Watson, who seems to be the only human alive that can figure out an Alabama defense. I can't see why he can't figure out a team that he's already beat twice this year. Yeah, no, that's this. Uh, there's not really much to talk about in this game. No, if I had to take a guess, it should be. It's probably gonna be like thirty-one, twenty-four Texans. Yeah, I could It'll be see a sloppy it. game. I could see close, but you'd have to give it to Houston. Yeah, you, you just have to. But again, I will say this, and I agree with John a thousand percent. Whoever wins this game is out in the next round. No questions. Well, asked. barring to everybody that the Chargers beat the Ravens um, this week, yes, right. But now, yeah. second game of the week, see, far more lots, watchable game. This is this. a hell of a game. Seattle going to Jerry World to play the Cowboys. Give me your takes on this. I know you have a lime green hoodie on right now. Does that mean you're going Seahawks? You're no, wearing their no, colors. No, uh, you know that has nothing to do with it. But I'll say that Seattle beat Dallas in Seattle earlier this year. They play much better at home. It's hard to win it at Seattle. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that the twelfth man there. I like Seattle more than Dallas. It's going to be a close game. It's yeah. going to be a defensive game, and I like Russell Wilson more than I like Dak Prescott. Uh, 1,000%. I think that Shaquem Griffin, okay, the brother with the two arms, the cornerback, yeah. can contain Amari Cooper enough. Um, I like Pete Carroll more than I like Jason Garrett. 
Agreed. And I think Seattle will contain Ezekiel Elliott. And that doesn't mean he won't get his 100 yards, but it just means that he won't go for a buck 50 and two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I like Seattle. Now, let me ask you this. Do you have any questions or concerns that the Dallas defense will have any issues slowing down in a rushing attack that, if you're not ready, will drop 225 on the ground on you with two or three different backs? I think it's going to be a defensive sloppy game. So like a like a fourteen tenner? No, 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 no. I, I because uh, Russell, a lot of picks, a lot in the short I, field. Y- yes, I think okay. I think I think these teams, their quarterbacks have uh, Russell Wilson and Prescott both have games where they look great. Yeah, and Prescott has games where he looks terrible, and Russell Wilson has games where he doesn't look like he's an elite quarterback. But the thing is, they'll have one or two plays a game where you're like, how did he do that? Yeah, um, especially Wilson. That's like his thing. Right, no, that yeah, like Russell Wilson, absolutely. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Oof, I want to say 17 or I'll say, I'll say 20. 17 Seahawks. Mm, going with the road dog. Yeah, very interesting. 2017. I will tell you what, I'm not in the business of giving scores or the over unders any of that shit. I'm not a betting guy, any of that crap. What I will say is for the sake of contrast and gut feeling, give me the Cowboys at home because I'd have to think that when it when it play, when playoff time comes around and you've beaten an offense better than Seattle, i.e. the Saints, you can do that again. It's in there. They're yeah, they're gonna they're gonna shut down the Seahawks for sure. Right. The difference between the Seahawks and the Saints offense is one thing. Is Russell Wilson can scramble 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage and throw a prayer up for a touchdown. Breeze is not doing that. Breeze, it's systematical how to shut down the Saints. Breeze is not going to scramble. What I mean by that is if everybody does their job versus the Saints, it, you can stop them. You do your, everybody does their job on defense versus the Seahawks. Russell Wilson can pull something out of his ass. You don't know what he's going to yeah. do. Russell Wilson could easily run for like 120 yards sure. in this game. Right. Easy. Right. And, I, and that the, wouldn't shock the, anybody. The, the Dallas defense is no joke. Absolutely not. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, Irving, Van Der Esch. Uh, what's that guy's name? We always fucking bust the Taco door. Charlton. The Taco Charlton, no. The other guy. Sean Lee. The guy, no. We know him. Jalen Smith. Van Der Esch. Javan, no, the defensive lineman. The guy, Gregory. Oh, yeah. I Randy mean, we, he gets to the quarterback a lot. I mean, yeah, this guy definitely yeah. has his issues, but yeah, he, he's no yeah. joke either. Byron Jones is a top cornerback. Yeah. They're at home. Yeah. Well, this defense is homegrown. Yeah. So, yeah. I like their D, but I just I think Seattle's better. I think Seattle and Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson yeah. will go on the road and will prevail by a yeah. small margin. I'll tell you right now, what I'm looking for out of this game is I think personally if the Seahawks can establish the run game, get their you know, their two or three headed monster going behind the ball. Yeah. I think Dallas is in a shitload of trouble. Because that, at that point you're setting up play action. If Baldwin's healthy, that adds another layer. There's, I, I to me Seattle seems like a momentum offense where you got to get shit rolling, and if you can prevent that from happening, to me you can hold them under two touchdowns. If you can't, you got a problem. That's All just right, that's so, that's my take on that. Yeah, I I won't argue that. I I do think Seattle's gonna win though. I I understand what you're saying. I just I'm taking Seattle. Yeah, I'll also say close game. I don't think either team cracks 21 it's like, points. It's going to be like 21-17, something like that. Yeah, I can't see it being any higher than like a 21-20, 21-17. No, no. Either, and I could, that, to me, you flip a coin, 
I could see Seattle winning that yeah. game. I could see Dallas winning that game. Right. I think Dallas will win that game, but in no way in hell is it going to be a runaway. Right, absolutely. Now, game three, Sunday, 105, L.A. Chargers at, at M&T Bank to play the Ravens. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. Me too. They're there's a better team. There's no fucking way. that Listen. You play a team twice in four weeks, they can't beat you again that badly. And also, Baker Mayfield lit up that rave, the best defense in football, for what, about 440 yards? Yeah. Phillip Rivers, on a second chance, can easily replicate that with more weapons and more experienced players that he has at his disposal. I No, listen, I definitely think that the Chargers are the better team. They do choke in the playoffs. I just can't see Lamar Jackson running them to victory versus the air attack of the Chargers. Yeah. Gordon's going to play. They got Joey Bosa. They're a good team. They're a good team. Even though the Chargers have a losing record with Joey Bosa on the field, I still think... I'm not going to correlate that to him. I I know. it's a weird. That's a weird fucky stat as far as the NFL goes, but I will say, Bosa on the field, you're, you're better. You're better. He's, he's that good of a D-end. And also, I don't think... The Ravens have trouble, it seems like, handling... A good, good pass rush. Right. Now, granted, it's not Flacco back there. It's not a statue. you got a mobile quarterback who can roll and escape. So that element of that game is there. But that goddamn Charger the problem, defense flies. The problem, forget about the defense. The problem that I see is that the Chargers offense kept up with the Kansas City's offense. Mm-hmm. They can score at will. Uh-huh. Even if they turn the ball over, they, Lamar Jackson cannot score at will through the air. Mm-hmm. When you are running the ball... It is less time efficient than throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I just don't think the Ravens have enough firepower to win this game. Home or not, I don't care. I could see that. Yeah, for for me, this is this seems to be. Even though Lamar Jackson did have his best game of the year versus San Diego, ironically. Right. Well, again, part of me also thinks that was a like a kind of a fuck up game for the Chargers. Like I think it was almost bad for them to clinch their playoff spot that early. Yeah. And then kind of have like leave themselves room for that fuck up right. game, but it happened. You there's not really much else that Lamar Jackson can do to you. You saw what he's going to do to you. I can't imagine much changing. I agree. So now, what's your prediction on that? Chargers. What's the score? Uh, twenty-eight seventeen. Twenty-eight seventeen. Twenty-eight thirty-one seventeen. Chargers. Okay. I don't think I think it's one of those games where. You're Two not possession re- game. You're not really. You're watching it, but you're like you're not at the edge of your seat, going, "Oh my god, holy shit, this is it." Well, I will. I will tell you this right now. This to me could easily be the best game of the week. Either this or that Seahawks Cowboy game. No. Give me. I'll take the Chargers. Give me. Twenty four twenty one. I think it'll be close. I think the biggest sure. factor in this, if the Chargers. Come if the Chargers start with the ball, score a touchdown, and you make Lamar play catch up football the whole game. You're done. The Ravens are done. Correct. If you let the Ravens score first, then you're, you're then, then you're in a game. Correct. Then you're in a dogfight. Well, unless it's three nothing. If the if the Ravens somehow manage to go up fourteen nothing or something, and Game's Lamar over. can play from ahead yeah. with that defense, I understand what you're saying. I just don't think that's going to happen. Nor do I. Seven nothing is nothing. Ten nothing is nothing. Fourteen nothing now. Dang a problem. Right. The whole point... And you know what, to be honest with you, 14 nothing to be honest, is a very solvable problem for the Chargers. It is. 
it, like it'd be it, for instance if the Ravens are down fourteen nothing that's game over. Yeah, they cannot fall behind fourteen nothing. Yeah, I can't. I can't see the Ravens mustering up enough firepower to come back from two tutties down. Right. I can easily see L.A. doing it. There's too many yes, weapons, too and many the quarterback's weapons. too good. And I know number one receivers go to dive when they play Baltimore. So, But the thing is, is Keenan Allen really the number one? I mean, look what Mike Williams did as soon as Keenan Allen went down. So you have yeah. Mike Williams, you have Keenan Allen. You cannot forget about Antonio Gates. No. Nope. You have Melvin Gordon, you have also, Eckler. And you could, yeah, you could you could. You have Tyrell <laughs> Williams. Yeah, the Chargers are the most annoying team I know from a fantasy standpoint because I had the misfortune of drafting Keenan Allen, and there were weeks, two, three-week stretches where Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams and Eckler and Gordon, everyone not named Keenan Allen, were getting the ball and scoring I, uh, two touchdowns I a game. I stayed away from everybody on San Diego's offense because in, in the PPR league, in the non-PPR league, Mike Williams is gold because you knew he'd get red zone looks just for his size. Right. But in PPR league, you don't know who's getting the ball. Right. Who's getting the targets? It's even. a fucking yeah. nightmare, especially when Gordon and Eckler are both yep. able to play. It's annoying as shit. But that's the other thing too. It's not like I like I we know Baltimore's defense is is solid as fuck. There's no debate there. My concern is between Gordon and Eckler. You have two backs that are super solid at yep. what they do. They know their role. They do it well. And both of them, if you are even remotely lazy can put up 100 on the ground or through the air on you. All right, now let me ask you this. The next game, I really want to talk about this game. Go ahead. Eagles-Bears. Oh, at at, at Soldier Chicago. Field. At Soldier Field. At Soldier Field, yes. Now, I uh, listen, I'm going to say this once. I'm going to say loud You're picking crowd. Philly, aren't you? I'm taking Big Dick Nick and Smallwood. <laughs> what, a back, what a name for the back. I'm I am taking. Right? I am taking... Nick Foles. If Carson Wentz, I'd be taking the starting. I'd be taking the Bears. Yeah, and we, I like Carson Wentz. We talked about this. Yeah, I am taking Nick Foles in Chicago, and they will win this game. Um, they will win this fucking. Okay, game. so here's here's our disagreement. I, I'm sorry. There are certain defenses in this league. I understand Nick Foles. And the the mystique from last year and him being able to win them a Super Bowl. I don't think he's gonna get back to the Super Bowl. Here's the thing though, this Bears defense I know is so fucking good. I I, I told you last week I like the Bears to get to the Super Bowl. I, I didn't think they'd play Philadelphia in the first round. It's, I this to me that this to, is the worst matchup for the Bears. This could be either be their worst nightmare or a blessing in disguise no. because you know Philly's gonna give them everything they got though. If, if they was, can handle Philly's best shot. There's no if reason they, can, me they can't handle. I, I agree. Yo, know, they can't handle. I agree. The Seahawks or the Cowboys in the next if round. If the Bears get through this game, they can make it to the Super Bowl. But and I think if the Phillies do or the Eagles sorry, mm-hmm. win this game, I think they're losing the next round, no matter who they play. I think this is a dream matchup for the Eagles. On what basis? You think their defense can handle Trubisky and? Cohen? I think their defense can handle the Bears. The Bears' offense is very spotty. Very hot and cold. Yeah. I don't think they're going to come out versus Eagles defense and put up a 40 spot. If if this Eagles defense can contain this offense, Nick Foles is a big play guy. This offense runs so much smoother when he plays. Yeah. And I like I don't like Foles as a quarterback, but on this offense, you can't not like the guy. Here's my thing. If there's one defense in the NFL that I think is built to limit Foles' style of play... Good luck taking deep shots on a sh- on that secondary. I disagree. Oh, I'd, come I'd on. say the Ravens would be number one. 
either way, it's pick your poison. No, it's not. Who do you, every goddamn week you watch a highlight of a Bears game? It seems like there's a pick six, maybe two, or some crazy ass defense special teams where they're. Not, I see Philadelphia going to win this game. Give me a score. Twenty seven, twenty one. Oh, you're out of your fucking mind. If they if they win this game, it's gotta be. This has seventeen ten written all over. It. No, I, I, oh, I, this is gonna. Be I think sloppy. both. Te- yeah, I, I do think it'll be. I don't. I think again, we're looking at another game where Foles might have two picks. But but I think it'll have three touchdowns, or at least get them in the red zone three times or whatever. But they, I'm. T- I think it's gonna be. A lot more fast-paced than you think. I don't disagree. The Bears' offense is quick enough where they can be lightning, you know, flash in the pan. I just have... I'm concerned that I think the Chicago Bears have enough on that defense to limit Ertz, to control the flat, not let Smallwood or any of the other Philly backs get their momentum going. I'm not con- I'm not con- I- we're not concerned about the Eagles' running backs. My biggest concern from the Bears is stopping that deep ball down the seams to Ertz, over the top to Jeffrey and Aguilar. I mean, this is what this guy does. Mm. Nobody can stop him doing it. That doesn't mean he doesn't throw interceptions. That doesn't mean he doesn't throw bad balls. Just he's gonna he's gonna whether you pick him off or not, he's gonna keep throwing the ball deep over the top against you. That's what he's gonna do. Yeah, I. Uh... So the question is, can the Bears pass rush get to him before he does so? The answer you're probably going to say is yes, with with Leonard Floyd and Cleo Mack. Yeah, I don't. But I don't. I'm telling you right now, I'm t- I am taking the Eagles. I'm taking, and I love the Bears. This is the only matchup where I wouldn't take the Bears. And part of me is doing it just because I like picking upsets for yeah. sure. But if they, but again, like the C, if we were to switch, let's just say we switch Seattle was at Chicago, and Philly was at Dallas. I'm taking Dallas and the Bears. Oh, cause that. Oh. I hope to cry. I hope to God that it's Dallas and Chicago. I want to see those two defenses face each so other. So do I. But I'm just, I'm just saying, if Seattle and Philadelphia switched, I'd be taking the home teams. Yeah. I Seattle can. at Chicago, I'm taking Chicago. Yeah. And and Philly at Dallas, I'm taking Dallas. Well, of course. It, but that's what I'm saying. Just these matchups are set up for upsets. Yeah, They're set I, up I for it. I don't disagree. I mean, Seattle and, and Dallas are very similar in the way they're built. Both these teams are very similar. All four of these teams are very similar. The Eagles are similar, right? Their defense and their offense is very hit or miss. Yeah. Just with Foles, they seem to hit more than they miss. Yeah, I mean... Since the injury. Yeah, I, I think... The only thing that, that, if I'm Chicago, that worries you is Nick Foles in this situation is unfazable. He won a goddamn... He beat Goliath in the yes, fucking Patriots in the Super Bowl last year. So him going to Chicago in January shouldn't phase him. So however big his dick actually is, it's going to seem 20 times bigger when he hits the field in the playoff situation. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's always you there's always got to be room to factor in the been there done that scenario. If that if you don't factor that in and the fact that the only way you're going to have to rattle Foles is the way you did to Tom Brady and just fucking hit him hit him hit him. That's what you might have to do then. But if anyone can do that, if it's not the Ravens, the Bears can you know do it, what? and the Cowboys can too. I just don't think that I, I, I I'm just taking the Eagles. Go ahead. I like Take the, the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles. Take the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles. Go ahead. By all I'm means. taking the Eagles. 
I'm taking I'm, the Seahawks, I'm contemplating, the Texans, and the Chargers. I'm contemplating making a wager with you. All right. If the fucking Bears win that game, yeah. should maybe you disclose what happened on your way here? No, because... No, because, I'm fucking with you. Because, no, no, because you know what? It's, DM I, him, though, if you want to find out. I do, I do like Chicago. Right. Just not in this matchup? I think... No, no, I do like them in this matchup. I wouldn't doubt if they won. But I'm going to pick the upsets because I like picking upsets and... I think Philadelphia can actually win this game. I wouldn't be shocked if Philly won. I like I said, if you were, t- you know what, dude? If it was New Orleans at Chicago, I'd take the Bears. I just like this matchup. I like Nick Foles in this game. Chicago does not have a good secondary. Their pass rush causes their secondary to look better, which is football, right? Quicker pass rush, less time for the receivers to get open. I get it, but I like Nick Foles in this game. All right. I like Nick. Yeah, you could say Chicago made Rodgers look terrible two games in a row when they played him this year. He, yeah, but this was did. not a good Packer team this year. No, it was not. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, trust me when I say this, I like I, I like the Eagles. That's fine. You can like them. Go ahead. So go over our picks one more time. You got the Colts or t- uh, Give Texas. me Houston at home. I take Houston at home as well. Uh, I'm taking Dallas. You got the Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks, yep. We both took the Chargers. Both took the Chargers. And you're taking Philly. I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, I, and again, I'm going to ride with Big Dick Nick on this one. You you heard it here, people. John is riding with Big Dick Nick. Big Dick More Nick. power to you. Now, per the request of the Yankee fan groups that I am a contributing member of on Facebook... And I'm curious to hear your take on this. News broke last night, right around midnight, that the Yankees and Troy Tulowitzki have reached a deal, one year, league minimum. Because he's getting paid like $20 million by the Blue Jays to not be there. Right. So we don't have to pay him. We literally are paying him the minimum. To me, this is a great move. Pure depth, yeah. veteran this to me is a can't miss, no, and and, and to to answer the the question for you specific Yankee fans on these group or on these groups that thinks this somehow eliminates us from getting Machado, you're out of your fucking mind. No, it doesn't. Fuck no, it doesn't. This is a high. This is a no. Uh, this is a low risk, risk super high, high reward. reward. Assuming yeah, I mean, he's I healthy. Don't, I, I don't think he's the same player. Fuck no. He's not he's not Regardless he'll never be Colorado healthy. Troy Tulowitzki ever again. I don't think he'll be even Toronto Troy Tulowitzki. That's fine. But I think that if you get a quarter or a third of a season of good baseball out of him, You're, you'd be thrilled. One. And, at and, league and, minimum? Yeah. At you, league you minimum. You can argue that. He he can you know he can hit, you know he can hit in the big stage, you know he's used to big games, he bat in the middle of a good a great lineup got the World Series. It's yeah. a, it's a no risk. Now the speculation I saw on Twitter from a couple beat writers, was that there's a there's a thought rolling around that we might use him to play a little bit of second, a little bit of third, and a little bit of first. Which, first base and Tulowitzki seem like a match made in heaven at this point, just because you limit them, the amount he has to you know range and use the bad legs. But I, I would be concerned with him even stretching for a baseball at this point. Uh... I mean, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying he doesn't have to be that all over the field shortstop the way he used to be, which yeah, can't hurt. I don't think. No, I just, I just think it's a good move all the way around. I don't think there's anything really. Honestly, I don't think there's much to go into depth about here. It's, it's a really great not. signing. Yeah. If whatever you get out of him, you won. If you get nothing out of him, you didn't lose. That's it. 
Again, you're right. Again, this is the epitome of super high reward. If he starts, literally, the, let's no say he risk. starts the year at shortstop because Didi's out. Let's just say, as of now, he might. Mm-hmm. Let's just say he gives you a, a recklessly hot first two and a half weeks of the season, nothing else. That's great. They'll take it. Sure. Because also, the other thing, too, is let's say, God forbid, let's say Tyler Wade or another one of our bench guys that could be playing second or short for us, maybe pulls a hammy the last week of yeah. spring training. You at least have a guy, in theory, who could stay healthy enough for two or three weeks to maybe play second, just to limit, again, that mobility, and you're fine. You, you've successfully bridged that gap. Sure. Right. I agree. No, I, I think, no, this is a, there's nothing wrong with this at all. Right. So to reiterate, this is a zero fuck-up move. Good. Did your Mets do anything this week? No, but did you read that interesting article? Grandal turned down four years and 60, 60 mil. Two words. Fucking idiot. Well, who's dumber? Is it the Mets GM for offering that? Because if, little column back, A, little column B. We went, we went to the first episode where, we, where I said, the Mets are going to do something. Like, I, and I said I was happy with Ramos and Familia because you didn't overspend. Correct. But if these guys would have accepted the deal, they would have done exactly what I said. Yeah. That, and that also means, because Ramos is getting $9 million, that means there's $6 million that we know automatically the Mets can spend. Yeah, here's... But Grindel's not better than Ramos. Defensively, he's not better. Not neither offensively. If, no. If he, yes, Grandal at his best is better than Ramos. Ramos is consistently better. No, Grandal at his best is not better. But he... Point They're is, equivalent. Point is... So why are you going to offer him six more million? I would have to assume eight. Why is Grandal going to turn down that? Who th- does he really think somebody's going to pay him more than fifteen the, million the a year? Answer, for four years? The answer to your question is between who's dumber is Grandal because he's not getting that offer anywhere else for four years. Right? There's no way unless, four years. unless there's options after every fucking year. Team options? No. It right. was a strict four year. No, 60 I'm saying million. on the on any on if another offer comes in for four years, it's f- going to have team options. Who all the fuck over. is going to offer him more than that? Nobody. So why wouldn't he accept that? Because he seems to think he's worth it. Which to 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 let me to, ask to 29 GMs. Did you watch the playoffs? Because if you did, you know Grandal is useless as a catcher. Hold on, let's just forget about forget about the playoffs. Would you rather have two Grandals? Or pay another $8 million to get one Bryce Harper. Does everybody forget this shit? Well, you laid out the math. and Math is math. One and one is two all the time. <laughs> Why would anybody pay Grandal $15 million? Yeah. You could say, well, maybe they're not willing to pay the $15 million extra for Harper. But chances are, if you are going to spend the money on Grandal, you are going to spend the money elsewhere on your team. Yeah. So... What are these teams thinking? Well, what are the, aside from what are these teams thinking? The other question I would love to ask. Well, first of all, can Manny Machado just announce that you're going to be a fucking Yankee already? You're holding up the rest of the market, and it's really annoying. Secondly, yes. why the fuck has Bryce Harper not taken seemingly any visits, any phone calls? He just see, I think Here's he's what, I think he's waiting that, for me. You see that picture he saw? You saw him on Instagram or not? Of Machado? No, or, Bryce he spent New Year's with Chris Bryant and their wives together. Yeah, but they're but their buddies going back to their high school days. They're both so, all right. Buddies. You and I are buddies. What going back eight years now? Yeah. So we were both free agents, and you're on the Cubs, and you don't know where I'm going. We're hanging out. You don't think you're saying, "Hey, Johnny boy, you're gonna come with me to Chicago?" Even in a joking manner, 
even in a joking manner, let's just say I was like, dude, I don't want to talk about it. I mean... You wouldn't even bring it up to me in a joke? I don't think... Be like, hey, man, I love Chicago. Well, here's the thing. If you're Bryce and you missed the playoffs last year, the Cubs at their worst are probably going to be back in that wild card game. You, you, I'm sorry. I see St. Louis isn't ready to contend for me yet. Milwaukee's solid. You, they just need pitching. Do you view Bryce Harper as a big alpha male? How could you not? He's the kind of guy. I'm, no, that, that wasn't a retort. That was a serious question. Because if you are, let me ask you this then. Do you view Kevin Durant as an alpha male? Him. Okay, so are you implying that his alpha status would be in question by going to, by pulling a LeBron and going to play with his buddies? No. Or play for who beat you? No, neither. My question, just answer it. Is, do you view Kevin Durant as a, as an alpha? I'll tell I, you right, hell no. Yeah, I would say no. I no. think you'd have to say no. No, right. Do, do you view Bryce? So, let's just get inside the mind of like an alpha athlete. You want it to be your team. Your team. Yes, you want to win as a team, but you want it to be yours. You want them to win because of you. Right? You want to hit that... Oh, sure, Bryce Harper is going to be happy if anybody hits a walk-off home run for his team. Correct. But no matter what he says, he, he wants it to be him to hit that walk-off. Right? Uh, I mean, absolutely. Bryce, to, Bryce to me, is a spotlight Come guy. to New York. Right. Take back New York. That's I it. Mean, and that would mean more to me, but we're going to touch on this later, but it would mean more to me than to have Kevin Durant come to the Knicks. There's a certain stigma... When, like, Amari Stoudemire came to the Knicks, right? Right. Oh, my God. Dude, they were a 500 team. I've never seen more exciting basketball as a Knicks fan since I've been alive. Maybe. They, they, Aside from the 90s. We were alive for the Ewing-LJ era. Right. We were alive. I was watching, but I didn't. I was like, wow, geez, man, 2000? I was, like, nine years old. Right. So, what I'm saying is, is that this would be something different. I don't think Bryce Harper wants to go to the Dodgers. I don't think he wants to stay in Washington. And to be honest with you, I don't think he has anywhere he wants to go right now. That's the problem. The reports that I've heard seem to indicate, and again, I'm not trying to be a homer here, it seems that he wants to be a Yankee, which you can't always have your cake, eat it too, and own the fucking bakery. But at least, listen, if if a team doesn't want you, it's not a slap in the face. It's we don't have anywhere to fucking put you. Yeah, I don't think though that you're not a I match. Think, I think he he know, but but that I think that's what like the big thing in his head is. He goes, I wanted to be a Yankee. Yeah, that's not gonna most likely is not gonna happen. His agents probably informed him, hey, like you're not. I I, I can't hundred percent rule out Bryce not being a Yankee. Sure, because anything. I, I didn't most think we were getting so fucking under, Stanton. Most likely under fifty percent. Yeah, I right. give it maybe so a, a if, fifteen. If his agent has informed him, his agent said now. Yeah, this is where we stand. Right? Yep. You can go to the Dodgers, but they're not going to give you many years on your contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I win there? Yeah, obviously. They've been in the World Series the last two years. You can go to the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. You're going to be in the middle of nowhere again. Not in the middle of nowhere, but you're going to be in the middle of the nowhere as far as baseball the goes. The only way... You're going to get nothing there. The only way I... Well, no. You're not going to get... You're going to get dog shit now. Couple years down the road, that's no, a, yes, possibly. Oh, come on, dude, come on, man. Mankata, Mankata came up for a month before he had Tommy John, right? But you don't need Kopek, doesn't make that team work. Guys like Mankata, Jose Abreu, freaking Adam, get traded, maybe not, maybe. Well, yeah. now that they he have Alonzo, yes, who's also Manny, who's also oh, that's Machado, then never mind that. But point is, they still have some base of talent that they can play with. 
And there's more cops. I see a perfect spot for him in New York. Fucking Eloy Jimenez. I feel Come like on. his agent's going to say, if you want to play for New York, the Mets would be willing to have you. And the, they're going to have to backload your contract. There's The Mets are the only team in baseball that only have one contract on their roster as of 2020, which is next year. Right. One contract. Robinson Cano. They have one. Now, obviously, you have arbitration with the grounds. Right. I get it. But as of right now, they don't have any money that needs to be spent next year. None. Well, let's Besides also but let's also be realistic. If you're Bryce and you see the Mets as a team that can win, which they're clearly making the strides to be a competitive team. If they would have gotten Grandal, that would looked a lot worse to me. I don't disagree. Now, the thing is, you, you see the pitching. You admittedly love their pitching. I think everybody does. Right. They're, right. The thing with the Mets is it almost sounds like too perfect. It's like not only do the Mets need a corner outfielder, they need No, they don't need a corner outfielder. They have two lefties in the corner. Yeah, but um but if you have the chance to get Bryce Harper, any t- it, it what it sets up what the Bryce Harper move sets up is a domino effect move. So, it, from what I've heard and if like you look at their payroll and you kind of know they don't want to spend more than you know they already are willing to spend 6 million more, right? You know that yeah. because they offered Grand all that contract. Yep. Let's just say you trade a prospect and Juan Lagares to anybody to eat Juan Lagares' yeah. contract. That's $9 million. We're up to $15 million. Yep. So, BVW, the Mets manager, is going to have to, Brody's going to have to go in there, say Wilpons, beg them, get on his knees for 10 extra million, yeah. and maybe talk Bryce Harper into taking 25 this year if he takes 45 next year. Yeah. Now, what that domino effect is going to do, so you trade a prospect in Lagares, you sign Harper, now you have Nimmo, Conforto, and Harper. You have three lefties in your outfield already on a lefty-heavy team. You trade, like I said earlier, you trade Nimmo or Conforto. It sets up a domino effect of three moves. And maybe, just maybe, you can you can trade Nimmo or Conforto. If there's anybody else, I don't think there's anybody else that has commands that high of a salary that's not worth it on their roster after you get Well, the beauty Lagares. of Conforto maybe, and Nimmo is they're both on rookie money, correct? Like yes. they're not making the millions yet. Right. So, so you, from a from a trade partner standpoint for the Mets, you're not offering a lot of money. You can flip Conforto to a small team that can afford him. No, what I would want to do is trade Fra- now. Frazier's making nine mil. Yeah, but even hold that's on, not a lot of hold money. Hold on, hold on. So you have six mil, which we already know they're willing to spend. Yeah. Nine mil from Lagaris, you'd give up a prospect. Mm-hmm. You trade Conforto or Nimmo yep. with Frazier. You're getting less back in return because they're eating Frazier's one year deal. And you're eating Lagaris money. No, they're eating Lagaris money. That's the, why we're trading a no. Oh, the other. That's oh, the, why we're the trading partner eats. So it. you're okay. trading a prospect with Lagaris, so the partner eats Lagaris's contract, right? You are trading Frazier with. Let's just say my guess is from what I've heard, they'd rather trade Nimmo than Conforto. Sounds you better. trade Nimmo and Frazier, and you get less in return for Nimmo because they're eating Frazier. Now Frazier is making nine mil. That's eighteen. Him and Lagaris plus six. That's twenty four mil. Yeah. So now you're only asking the the Will Ponds. For six extra million of what they were willing to do to get the top three, a uh, top three, top five player of baseball, if not the best, depending upon that year. Right. That sounds a lot more reasonable. That sounds a lot more reasonable. It does. It does. And that sounds very realistic. Yeah. That's a, you could trade Nimmo to get somebody to eat Frazier's contract and yeah. get a little less back in return. You can trade Lagaris if you get a little prospect, somebody to eat that. What I will now, say. And wait, hold on. Let me add one more. Travis Darno is three million on his deal. So. We were at 24. Let's say you get rid of Darno for trash. Mm-hmm. Somebody will eat that three mil just for a lesser prospect because they need a catcher. Mm-hmm. So now we got nine mil Frazier, nine mil Lagares. That's 18. 
Three mil Darno, that's 21. Plus the six you were going to spill on, on Grandal, that's 27 mil. If Harper settles for 30 million, you are just asking your owner for three extra million to get one of the best players in baseball. Yep. They are talking about trading Darno or Plowacki. Right? Yeah. Somebody... They don't want Frazier. He's not going to play full time. Yep. They've already said that. Yep. They're willing to deal Nimmo because they were talking about dealing him and somebody for Real Muto. They're, you already know they're willing to do that. Correct. You know they want to trade Lagaris. They don't want that on there regardless of Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. So all these things they're looking to do and all the Wilpons would need to do is shed three extra million. Why won't they do that's that? That's doable. Even for, even for the Wilpons, that's doable. Right. My question is, you. so there's no issue that Bryce is a good fit on pretty much any team sure. he goes to. And I think with Bryce, especially to a team like the Mets, like you know how we, we covered in a previous episode that the face of your team is the pitching staff? I think it helps every day to have a face of your team that's literally out there every day. I agree. The guy who's going to be there for all three games on a in a, in a, in a home I series. couldn't agree more. A guy, but you know what? It's more than that. It's a guy that's, he doesn't scream like a New York Yankee to me. He He's very... He grows a beard, for crying out loud. Well, that he'll have to shave if he comes I don't to the Bronx. Think, listen, I don't think... I just don't see him, end up, uh, him ending up in pinstripe. Neither do I. I don't see him. But here's the thing. I don't know where the hell he's going to end up. Because I don't... I think if you wanted to go somewhere, he already would have. I think the reason we're not hearing anything is because he doesn't like any of his current options. Gun to your head, where does Bryce go? To the Dodgers on a one- or two-year deal. For what, $50 million? 50, 45, It'd be some a stupid amount of money. I, I don't. I think he's going to take the short because he doesn't like any of his options. I don't think he wants. To, he doesn't want to be a Philly. Mm-mm. That was already reported. Yep. I don't think he wants to go to the Chicago White Sox. I doubt that. I too. think the Cubs are an option. They've already asked Harper to hold out so they can save yeah, more money. Yeah, the Cubs are intrigued. But I don't think they're going to be willing to give him any money. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. I, I also think the Cubs would be more hesitant to do it because they paid all that money for fucking Hayward and that bit him in the ass hard. I think Harper is a little different. Harper is more of a sure bet who is at least, yeah. at worst, 20 points better batting average than yes. Hayward at his absolute best. No, I know. And I, I know that you know the Dodgers are going to ramp up for Bryce Harper right now. The Dodgers need to shed salary, though. They did that with Puig and they did it with Kemp. You might and need what, to get what rid of. What makes a good amount? What do you make? Eight mil? Somewhere around there. But you still there's still one other move you might have to make if you're going to sign him. For, it seems if you're going to give him a two to three the, year the offer. The best fits for Harper are a few moves away to sign Bryce Harper. And I'm not just saying that as a Met fan. I think everything I just told you. Let me put it to you this way: the Mets might do all those things we talked about and not might not get Bryce Harper. Yeah. That's why I think it's legitimate because all those things we talked about are things that you've heard rumors that they're trying to do regardless. Yeah. The only thing we have not heard is them trying to trade Todd Frazier, but we've heard that they don't want him playing every day already. Well, at this point in Todd Frazier's career, he's a clubhouse chemistry guy anyway. He's more of a glue stick than an actual Which is fine. I don't, have, I don't think he's overpaid for that. No, mil. not at all. But I'm just saying, if that's going to stop me from getting Bryce Harper, you got to go. Yeah. And I think I don't think the Mets GM would be shy in pulling that trigger. Either. The other thing, too, is you have enough of a nucleus with you know, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Conforto, guys that have been together for at least two, three years now. The locker room chemistry is there. As Frazier of, helps. As of right he, now, he's not needed in as that As of right regard. now, the Mets are projected 88 wins. I think the Braves are projected 93. Harper's war alone. Forget about war. Yeah, but I'm I don't saying. Know what the f- nobody knows what the fuck they base that off of. I actually do, but do you? yeah, war just to wins clear. above replacement, right? Which is calculating your value compared to your AAA equivalent. So, but right, but what do they base that on? I know what it is, but what are they right you, on a AAA right fielder? 
Yeah, but, but they, what do they base it on? Like, what? The, well, they're not, they're not, they're, they're, they're not yeah. picking Eloy Jimenez as their right fielder. That's what comparison. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Right. Well, it, again, once you get into the sabermetrics, it gets really, really fucky. But point the bottom is, line, I think for Harper's the, value, if you take out all so the, the fixed say, war and D war and all eight, the wars, let's just say we're at 88 wins. Yeah, we lose Todd Frazier, we lose Lagaris, and we lose Nimmo. Yeah, you add Harper. As long as Harper does wins. better than last year, you're a 90. Let's just say he does minimum the, 92. Let's just say he does the same as last year. Same as last year. What does that make them? At least I say it gives them four extra ones. Yeah, that's not inconceivable. The only thing that and again, right now Atlanta's projected ninety two. They no, if they whatever they get a they get another legit stud starter. There are hundred games. Yeah, they're no, knocking, they're knocking ninety eight. No. No, let me ask you this: Bryce Harper, the Mets make those moves. So you're down Lagaris, you're down Frazier, yeah, you're down Darnell. Mm-hmm. They sign Harper. Cespedes comes back second half of the year. That just adds to. Well, no, no. What does that add to? It, well, it adds to it protects. Would you, would you say that gets them to ninety-eight wins? Cespedes comes back healthy, and Syndergaard stays healthy. Yeah, Syndergaard and Degrom stay healthy. Yeah, and and Mats or Wheeler, one of them is the same. Stud Wheeler's as they were ready last to year. come up. Let's Wheeler's, just say one of them. I think Wheeler's hit not his ceiling. Yeah, but I think he's figured out how to elevate his game to be the three that they need bad. I think you can wait on Matt. Three? He had a less. What do you have? A one one year? Yeah, but in Gee, that rotation, God. he's a three. Anywhere else, he's no, pretty much he's a, a two. Four. I think he's a four. Matt's is your three? I think, yeah, I think for righty lefty purposes. Okay, that's fine. But point is, he's your middle back end guy. You can, you're, you're giving him a little bit of slack on the leash to just still figure it out, but he knows what he, he's, what, he's figured. What impressed enough. me the most about what he did last year wasn't the ERA, mm-hmm. it was two things. Uh, one thing mostly, it was his velocity at the end of the year. Every every other year with Zach Wheeler, as the innings went on, his velocity would drop. Yeah. It would just drop. He'd start the game in ninety seven. He ends up throwing ninety four. Yeah, and his, his mechanics were very always herky jerky. If you remember, it almost hurt to watch him throw. And you yeah right. He definitely got smoother. And I'll tell you this: and in the sixth and seventh inning, this guy's throwing ninety nine miles an hour. Right now, that's 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 impressive. you have to give credit where it's due. There's only a handful of managers and, and coaching staffs that can do that. Don't forget, Mickey Calloway's bread and butter is a pitching coach. That's what he does. Right. So if anyone knows how to look for hiccups in mechanics or anywhere where you're overextending. Do you credit Mickey Calloway with that? It can't. He can't Did not he, get some of it. Do you give him credit for DeGrom? No. Hold on. For DeGrom having... I mean, what was a year that... An insane he, year? Yeah. For Syndergaard, having a terrible year and still pitching to a 3.02 ERA in a bad year. And for Zach Wheeler finally hitting stride and for Steven Matz having a 3.3 well, ERA in the second half of the year. I'll credit DeGrom's... And for Vargas having a less than 4 ERA in the second half of the year. I will credit DeGrom. DeGrom knew what he is. He know, DeGrom seems to me like the most easily coachable, but the less... The least amount of time you have to actually invest for Degrom, he knows what he's doing. His mechanics think, are butter already. I don't want to call it luck, but do you think it was a little bit of things? The ball went uh, rolled his way, so to speak. I mean, for Degrom or Callaway? For Degrom, a thousand percent. Because I mean, dude, what he did last year—I mean, it was almost but, video game. Well, uh, but he, it, it's not like 
you know, there, there's luck in the sense of like what you see in like the occasional no hitter or perfect game where guys are making insane catches and you're everybody's on their gold glove defense that kind of day. To do that over the course of that many starts, that's pure dominance. But I think if anyone was going to do that, it would be a Degrom. He knew what the fuck he was doing. There, there's he's a pitcher, not a thrower. Exactly right, right. and he also. He he's got the arm. He's got the he's got the mentality. He's got the makeup of a guy who can do that. Syndergaard's getting there, but Syndergaard's a thrower. He is right. I think I think he was trying to change that last year, which is why I think you saw him get hit more than ever. Syndergaard might as well work at a Shell station in the off season because all he does is pump gas, and he's fine at it. He's great at it. <laughs> he's him and Severino are the two highest. Average fastball velocities. I think bar none. I think that the, I think Severino I was think a pitcher barely, in the was in the beginning was yes. a pitcher in the first half, and then after the All Star break, he was a thrower again. Yeah, and I think Syndergaard, where he struggles with it, he's almost. Le- I, I actually saw him pitch in Miami this year. What I saw is it's almost like he's trying to transition mid year from becoming a thrower to a pitcher. You can't do that. You and know, the, well, not that like, shit's got to no, start no, in. Forget about not and doing it. I don't think he can do it mentally. When he gives up a hit, he gets very frustrated. And it's almost as though like, you could see like Mickey Cowley's face in the bit, like, dude, relax. And he's like, no, man, I'm going back to what I used to do. Like, I'll blow it by you. Yeah. But he doesn't. Now, because hitters can hit that now. But pitchers are also notoriously in their own heads. They're neurotic as fuck. And I'm not saying that every pitcher lacks coachability. Right. But a guy who doesn't know how to calm himself and he hasn't I think there's a bit more baseball maturity if you add to Syndergaard or Severino's game, both of them will be leaps and bounds better. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Cause we've seen Syndergaard playoff time dog. It's in there. The mentality's yeah. in there. I think the I think the person who needs to be coaching up Syndergaard starts with DeGrom, frankly. Yeah, that would be a good uh yeah. Because it's one thing when you're when you're leaning on the top rail of your dugout and you're watching Degrom shut down every fucking offense in baseball. Yeah, like it's cake. Like maybe. it's nothing. Yeah, like it's knife and butter. But you, it takes more than that. It's more than film study. It's these guys need to be going out to dinner, talking about this shit on off I think days. That's it. I'm not. But here's the thing. I think Degrom, to me, has easily manifested himself as a leader in the clubhouse. There's no debate there. My thing is. It's always the veterans guy, especially coming off a Cy Young year. The pitchers, the young guys got to want to ask, what did you do last year that took you to that level of sheer dominance? And if your young guys aren't willing to be asking those questions, Callaway's got to be the one to get in their ear saying, you better go talk to that motherfucker now so you figure out what the hell he's doing. Carry yourself the way he does. Not, and you know, and that's not a lot to ask of a manager. You know what you have. You have a you have the ace I in agree. baseball right now. I agree. Your pitching staff, even guys like Vargas that have been around. What what are they doing? Now, also, I'm curious to see if a catcher like Ramos maybe helps other younger pitchers, the Mats, the Wheelers, the center guards. You well, know he's going to call listen, a better game. Listen, well, I'll say this. The Mets season went to shit. We could say whatever we want about the second you lost Pulowski and Darno back to back days. Yeah, you lose two catchers who aren't. I'm not saying anything great about them, but we had Jose Lobaton up there. I mean, this guy was an automatic out. 
We have two automatic outs. You have the pitcher and Lobaton. Well, Ramos helps your offense. There's he that, that's he's a two eighty guy. I'm he's probably, a great hitter. Not only did Lobaton, dude, Lobaton's never caught these guys. I understand that. Neither has Ramos, but at least Ramos has caught but he'll other have studs. Time to catch him in spring but training. also Ramos has caught other studs though. He's caught the Blake Snells. Yes. He's caught the Cole Hamels in Philly. Right. He's caught these studs that at least he's caught Scherzer Strasburg. Right. So he knows how to handle a very good staff, yeah. which leads me to believe that the price you signed him at is a a f- way more of a bargain. Oh, Fuck Grandal. Grandal. Met fans, be thrilled. You don't have Grandal behind the plate with this staff oh, because oh. any anything dirty that comes out of DeGrom's hand that would be in the dirt oh. is getting by him. There's one person worse than Gary Sanchez behind the plate, and it's Grandal. Oh no, they're pretty even. They're say. both bad. They're both terrible. But at least Gary's got way more I, of an upside I, when he's I think, on. <laughs> I think that they both are just lazy back there. That I don't, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, we've seen Sanchez. I, watching Sanchez catch is legitimately infuriating. But at yeah. least when he's on and the bat is producing, you it's hard to be that mad at him. Well, but, not only that the guy can. The guy's a cannon. That too. You don't really run on Sanchez much unless you're like D Gordon. Oh, by the way, speaking of the fucking Mariners, two things. One, they signed uh, Yusei Kikuchi, the the new Japanese yep. import. Not shocked that a, another Japanese pitcher went to the Mariners. I'm not You're shocked really by not that. You're really not shocked by that? Because I'll tell you what, they're rebuilding. They signed this guy? Well, that was my second question. Either Jerry DePoto, if you by some miracle listen to this podcast, and I hope you do, what the fuck are you doing? Last week I said Cleveland is the team to me that I'm. That's my head scratcher for the offseason. No, you've surpassed no, them. No, they have really surpassed. Why them. are you going out and signing these players? You have no business. If you're going to commit to the rebuild, you have to be content with eating the bag of dicks that comes with the rebuild. If you're not content with eating that bag of dicks, you're just then why are you trading all your talent? And then bringing in guys that... And fan favorites. Correct. Right. And if you're bringing in guys like Kikuchi, we've seen this with Matsuzaka. We've seen this with Kosuke Fukudome. All these other (laughs) Japanese guys. Say that that three times fast. Absolutely not. (laughs) The point is, with all these Japanese imports, not all of them, with a lot of these Japanese imports, it's either a Grand Slam or pure dog shit. Daisuke Matsuzaka. Matsuzaka was terrible. What do you have, the gyro ball? Darvish does too. And you could argue that Darvish is now worthless. I feel like these guys just make shit up. The only only guy right now in the MLB who – I'll give two people credit that that are still in the MLB that have been good beyond what their expectations were. Tanaka has to be one of them. He's not an ace, but he's at least... Well, he was until he... Right, and until the elbow. Darvish was good. Otani, jury's still out. And I'm sorry, Otani, you did not deserve rookie of the year. Uh, I disagree. Oh, you want to ha- You want to go down this fucking rabbit he hole? Pitched, I will fight you on this. And he, and he hit. And then he blew his fucking elbow out, and then he can't fucking pitch anymore, and he can't play the field. He will pitch. Yeah, you got to wait another fucking year. He will pitch. Andujar was matching numbers that Joe DiMaggio put up, yeah, I, but with I, terrible defense. I, 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 the numbers that that Andujar and Gleyber Torres put up are phenomenal. Not, I'm not saying Otani beat them out. I'm just saying he did something that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. Whoop he fucking do? Guess what? Babe Ruth stayed healthy. Nobody stays healthy these days. Andujar never got hurt. Yeah, 
but I'm talking last year, Andohar was an everyday oh, guy. Tani, what he did was so special. Yeah, but he was only for fucking two months. I don't care. Rookie of the year. I'm sure there's a guy who's roasting a pig in Texas that takes longer to cook than Otani's elbow lasted. Rookie of the year. Bullshit. No. Absolutely not. No. And if we're going to go back to that wonderful world of war, Andohar's is fucking better. I don't believe in war. I know you don't. But you know who loves to? The fucking writers who vote on the Hall of Fame and all this shit. Yeah, I don't know about war. To them, that is the most... MLB has a MLB network has a goddamn show dedicated think, oh, to listen, war. All I'm saying is I know. All I'm saying is is Otani. I can understand why Otani won. It's a gimmick. It's a fucking gimmick. The guy's stud. I Otani is a legitimate hitter. I've never. I he was the first person last year I saw take a 99 mile an hour inside four seam fastball from Severino and send it back 400 feet. The guy knows how to hit, and he damn he knows how to pitch too. He was I'm not saying he sucks at either end of his game. I think that's just that's so impressive. That's why he won. It is, but right. my question is, you're gonna give a the an award like Rookie of the Year to a gimmick when the gimmick didn't make it the whole fucking year? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I be honestly between is the Ringling, is the Ringling Brothers Circus the same without the Lion Tamer and the Bearded Lady? Of course not. All I'm Thank saying you. is between Andujar, Torres, and Otani. And, uh, and honestly, Glaber, and Glaber's numbers probably hurt Andar. Um, no, I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think it, so. it wasn't. I mean, you could you could say it may not have been the most clear one, like two horse race for rookie of the year. I don't think it was clear. If any one of those three, that was the right decision. Yeah, it was. Any one of those three, but you can make, there's at least Andujar statistically was the best. Glaber Torres. Had special moments and made special plays mm-hmm. and statistically great. And Otani has done something we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. You can make a case for all three. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm just saying I'm okay with the decision. But you could. I would have been okay with any of the three. I wouldn't have argued any decision. I think there's a. I think there's a less right answer in this. I think Glaber was hap, should have been third. Otani should have been second. Because also, I don't think there's pl- a right answer. Mm. I don't well, think there's any take right it, answer. Take it or leave it. Whatever the case may be. Now, I'm not going to go down this the, the rookie of the year rabbit. No, fuck that. We're way past that. So be it. Again, Manny, sign the fucking contract so the market can go. Please. Fucking please. Uh, he's enjoying this. I, uh, I know he is. It's so annoying. But let me, let me transition now. We don't broach this topic much. Admittedly, because I'll be the first to admit, I fucking hate the NBA. I'm much more of a college basketball guy. But I will say that every once in a blue, I, I get intrigued enough to flip over to MSG and at least watch the Knicks. Again, for a non-NBA fan, that might sound weird, but I got to say there's, there's, there's something fun about this team, and I can't wait until Porzingis comes back just to see what kind of fun he has running around with a bunch of kids his own age. There's, there's definite intrigue here do you not agree no I, I i told you i love what they're doing they have the youngest team in the nba and this is what i talk about when teams try to rebuild they never do it right like i always say i'd rather play with like you know whether in football 11 20 year olds than one decent 27 year old who we know who he is what the knicks did is they found some young guys damian dotson alonzo trier those are guys that could be in nba rotations and no, they all play the same position. And Moutier, 
Yeah. Uh, he's coming along. Burke, he's coming along. Mitchell Robinson's a star. Mitchell Robinson, in my opinion, is going to be great, especially in today's NBA with how athletic he is. Yeah. Luke Cornett can shoot the three ball. I could see all these guys being in a rotation, just not the same rotation because yeah. there's no star there. And also Knox, Knox is solid. Knox, he's since a two, he came he's back not from that injury. Yet. No, since he came back from that injury, he's been pretty consistent. Right, but he started a little Jekyll and Hyde. He was only 19 years old. Right Nino Lakina, he is number one in NBA pick-and-roll defense, which NBA is all pick-and-roll. Yeah. That helps. I don't think that, that this guy has found confidence. Um, and I'll tell you, the guy who I really like, the 23-year-old Noah Von Ley, the power forward, who gets a rebound and brings up the ball in today's NBA, that works. Yeah. So we're, we just named seven or eight guys that are under the age of 23 years old. For sure. Um, that can be, all should be in an NBA rotation, yeah. just not the same one. Now you add Porzingis in there. You most likely add a top three pick in there. And one max free agent, now you're talking. I mean, so let's, you, you broached briefly this topic earlier. Do you think there is enough free agent intrigue to lure the max free agent now that we know Kyrie is staying in Boston. We don't know anything. Well, it seems I don't trust Kyrie, anything out of Kyrie Irving's mouth. That's very he's a flat Anybody earth guy. Anybody else? He, he, he's a for, for a guy that went to Duke to be a flat earth guy, he's a fucking idiot. But whatever the case may be. At least I would if if I'm a guy, maybe Kevin Durant who's won the rings I, I, I feel like there's some... I don't think... I don't know, but Kevin Durant, I think, is going to go wherever it gives him the... I don't know. I can't get inside that guy's head. Well, but he, but at least he's won the rings. But Durant, you have... Durant, Durant Durant, though. But he strikes... But, um, but let me speak on Durant. Durant at least seems like the kind of guy who would, now that he's won his rings, would maybe be open to taking on the challenge of, let me see if I can reignite the Knicks. I don't think that I don't think that whoever that Max guy would be would need to do that. We're talking about a young team with a good coach that plays hard. They have great role players. And it's not just Kevin Durant. You have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie, you have Jimmy Butler. Anthony Davis is off and on the trading block. I have no idea what's going on with him. I don't think New Orleans knows what they want to do with him just yet. I mean, you have three guys who are free agents, one guy who you can trade for. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's the fourth free agent. I think he's going to the Lakers. I think it's all said and done. Yeah. But still, you I, you really don't know, right? Well, he all right. If you if you give me the wish list of NBA free agents who I want to be a Nick, oh, it, give me Anthony Davis. Give me Anthony Davis. Fuck Durant. It, I would take. You will not score in the paint if you have Durant. I'm sorry. If you have Davis. And Porzingis in and the paint guarding a rim. And yeah, Mitchell Robinson. I don't know, but too many teams don't score in the paint these days. My point is, if let's just say the Knicks get a top two pick. And the reason I say top two is because I think there are two guys. God, if you're listening, make basketball. the ping pong balls appear, please. It just, it, it, I know Zion's a sexier pick. Oh, but let me tell RJ you Barrett's a goddamn stud. RJ, RJ Barrett is the top guy in this draft. All around skill. Oh, guy. my yeah. Let's just say that the, yeah, the, the lottery guys for the. Zion's the kind of guy that'll sell you tickets. R.J. Barrett's the kind of guy you can build for rings. Let's just say the Knicks got the second pick. Number one pick goes to Cleveland. They take Zion, right? The Knicks get Barrett at two. Let's yeah. just hypothetically yeah. hear me out. Now you got Barrett, yeah. Knox, Porzingis. That's a legitimate three. Not, not a big three. A good fourth. But now we're throwing your rotation. Alonzo Trier, Mitchell yeah. Robinson. That's five good players. Yeah. Um, then you want to add in Moutier, who seems to be really and Frank Nitty. Six. 
Fragnant Alakina, that's seven. Uh, Cornet, that's eight. Yeah. And then who am I missing? Mario, what's that guy's name? Her- uh, Hazonia. Hazonia, that's nine. And then I'm missing one guy. You're missing the two D-League call-offs at that point. Damian Dotson. Demir- yeah. And and one other and your D League guy. And, okay, so that's your 10. roster filler. You you add a Jimmy Butler or or Kyrie or a AD or a oh, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you add one of those guys to this team. I mean, do, would you say anybody? Let's just say, you gotta remember. Let's just say I play devil's advocate. Let's say it is Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Are the Knicks the best team in the East? Not saying that they're going to win a champion. Are they the best team in the if East? If Toronto keeps If Toronto Leonard, loses Leonard to the Knicks. I'm not going to say we... The problem with basketball, I, I can't say... Like, we, like, Golden State is a weird anomaly in that every year, until otherwise, they are the best team in the West. We're they not mean, talking about the West. We're but about the but I'm, let me play out my scenario. Golden State, we know, is the best team in the West on paper. With If you give me that Knicks lineup with a max good young free agent, like an Anthony Davis or no, Ky- I'm gonna, Kyrie. Here's the lineup I'm going to give you. Here's the starting five I'm going to give you. Go ahead. I'm going to give you Moutier. Okay. I'll, I'll give you the seven-man rotation because I, I don't know how I'm going to yeah. play this. I'm going to give you Moutier, Alonzo Trier, Kevin Knox, three, Mitchell Robinson, four, Porzingis, five, Kawhi Leonard, six, and what position do I need? Do I need a guard? You could use more. You could use more forward. No, because we have Leonard Knox. Oh, and uh, the rookie R.J. Barrett. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. So let me let me go over that again. Let's just start from the yeah. Barrett, Knox, Porzingis, Leonard, Mitchell Robinson. You're starting five off your bench. You have Moutier six and uh, Trier seven. And throwing Cornet as the and deep throwing guy. Cornet as the deep guy just to give you some size. Yeah, and give you that. Yeah, give you a sniper on a win. And, and Toronto loses Kawhi Leonard, the next to the best team in the East. I say yes. Not Boston. Boston. Boston has everybody healthy this year. They're not doing yeah, shit. Yeah, Boston. Boston. Gordon Hayward is never going to be the same again. No. No, you can't literally snap your leg in half and be the same guy. It doesn't happen. No. No. No shot. Uh, LeBron James is out. So who do you not? I mean, who else? Seriously, seriously. I you, the Charlotte's not a, not in the mix. Miami's not in the mix. No. Milwaukee, you want? Yeah, they're they're. Hey, Milwaukee's one of the top teams in the NBA right now. Milwaukee right sure. now is the best team in the East, and they're young. They're young. Yeah, I they're like Milwaukee. Good, and they have a swag to them. But I agree. So what I'm saying is now that give that give, we have said one team definitely would be better than the next. Milwaukee. That's it. That's it. Because you weaken Toronto. Yeah. And nobody else is going to go to Toronto on free will, I don't think. No. All right, so now what? So Knicks would be the second in the East again. And they'd be second in the East for years to come. These are realistic possibilities. Everyone's here. young. And you give Porzingis a roster that's young and will be competitive for years, he'll, he'll fucking stay. You, If you look, Deezus and Merrill did a great job of pointing this out. Porzingis is embracing New York. He's becoming. You've seen videos of him blocking the shit out of a guy and telling him get the fuck out of here like a real New York guy. Yeah, that shit is awesome. I love it. No, I'm just saying though. You know, signing Kawhi Leonard, I think he will go to L.A. But if he's open to coming to the Knicks, even if it's not Kawhi Leonard, let's say Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers, you put Durant instead of Kawhi or Jimmy Butler. We are still talking about a top be, two team. I'd be I don't know if Butler's worth a max contract, though. I don't think he is either. Because he, he had a similarly constructed team in the Timberwolves that he just decided to be a bitch about. Yeah, I, I think he is a, he's gotten to be a bit of a prima donna. 
For but sure. I'm assuming that you're not going to be the only team to offer him a max contract. And in order to get Jimmy Butler, you're going to have to pay him max. Does Philly contract. have the money to offer him? I don't know. Well, I know you can re-sign whoever you want. So right. they technically do. But my point is, is that he is a free agent. He is going to get offered max money. Yeah. I, he's not my number one pick. Because I don't like the fact that he's the oldest one either. Yeah. No, yeah. I, in, I, in, order, in order, I like Leonard 1, Durant 2. Uh, if I can't get those, I don't think I'm overspending for Jimmy Butler. But again, it depends what pick I have. Yeah. Because if you give me, if I know I'm getting Zion or Barrett, and again, I'm always going to prefer Barrett even though yeah. Zion's sexier, maybe I do overpay for Butler because now now I'm talking about I can get to the finals. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I can, because if you throw in Barrett with poor Zingas... With Butler, with Knox. I mean, those four guys, that's 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 a squad. That's yeah, a squad. I, I will say this. With what I've watched of especially Knox, like we, Nitty, like we knew when we drafted Frank Nitty that he was going to be a bit of a project. I, yeah, anyone, I wanted the, him. The, the, I, I wasn't I liked mad him. at it. No, I loved him. the defense. I, before, when the mock draft came out, when the Knicks, when I saw where the Knicks were picking, yeah. out of all the realistic options, I'm not going to be that Knicks fan and be like, oh, we should have gotten Donovan Mitchell. No. I don't like yeah, Donovan who, who Mitchell's game. About Mitchell? I don't like his game. He's only in today's NBA. You cannot be a six-three scoring guard, and now I mean scoring guard as in like the two. I mean a six-three. You cannot be six-three and on the floor unless you're 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 a one. Yeah. He is a scoring one. I don't like scoring ones long term. Scoring ones only do good when you're the only guy that can score on that team, like an Isaiah Thomas. Mm. These guys, they don't spell championship to me. Nino Lukina has over seven foot wingspan. He's the number one in the NBA against pick and roll. This guy can score. I've seen it. Yeah, he's he, he can pass, but it, he needs he needs more balls. He, he doesn't does not take have the that shots. Yet. He's getting that, but you it's will literally a while. see it's this guy look time. at the rim and dribble out of the paint. I think Moutier is a good pairing with a guy like Frank Nitty because Moutier has no problem shooting. Far. No, he does not. Never did. Never did. I like Moutier too. Uh, when Moutier was coming out, I wanted the Knicks to get him also. To be honest, I like I like big players. In today's NBA, you need size. You need to have be over six five well, with this over seven foot wingspan, and be able to run up and down the court. Let's bring it back to Utah, like you were saying with Mitchell. Part of what makes the Jazz so good is not just Mitchell. Rudy Gobert is a fucking stud. Joe Ingles is the most underrated player in basketball. Are you with that too? I no no I I what I'm saying and they're one of the, in my opinion they're always one of the well most well coached teams in the NBA. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, no matter who they're but the thing is, is with the Knicks is you you have you have something to build around. What I don't like is what the Mets have done in years past, and a lot of teams do. When they rebuild, like the Mariners are doing, you get these guys offering big money when you know you're not going to win a championship. If I was an owner of a team, and I know I'm not going to win a championship, or a GM, I am throwing out a bunch of 20-year-olds out there. <coughs> because if I throw 10, 15 out there, depending upon what sport I'm playing, two or three of them will be good, and I won. Because now I'm paying nothing for two or three studs. Yeah. And that's how you build a good to long-term team. Well, th- you don't build it with, with 27-year-olds who you know who they are, who they are. A team already laid out the blueprint on how to rebuild successfully. Who? The fucking Royals. The who? The Kansas City Royals. They rebuilt. They sucked forever. But they drafted smart, brought up a nucleus together. Who did they sign? Nobody. No. Because nobody wants to go to Kansas fucking city. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say they rebuilt properly. Really? No. Ah, you're wrong. I think you're no, wrong. No, I think that's a terrible. That's a, that's terrible. How do you figure? You Kansas know who City rebuilt is all homegrown. Dallas Cowboys. 
But they're not max potential. They're not the one seed in the fucking NFC, are they? No. New Orleans did a hell of a job rebuilding. New Orleans did it through the 2017 draft where they had seven players who are now starting on their team from that draft. Yep. I wouldn't say the Kansas City Royals because it lasted. It was so short. But here's the other thing. The Royals, they knew they had a small window. They still won two two AL championships. No, I know. I, I just don't I don't if if I'm getting a blueprint on how to rebuild, yeah. I'm not I'm not And let's be real. A team like Golden State, who's now dominant, if you fuck up and don't draft Steph Curry, are you anything? Hold on, wait a minute. Let's everybody says like they're assholes or this or that. Before they got Durant, they had Draymond, they had Curry and Clay. They drafted all three. Sean yeah. Livingston was nothing but a has-been. Nobody bench, thought he had anything yeah, left. Roll guy. And now he, he has one of the best mid-range games. And off the bench, that's okay. You need yeah. a guy who's going to score whatever, however he scores. Yeah, look, Jamal Crawford made a career. Andre Iguodala went from being a star on Philadelphia to being like, everybody's like, well, what is he going to do? To a defensive stud and winning MVP. Mm-hmm. Point is, a lot of if we're talking a rebuild, especially for a team like the Knicks, it seems like you're you're finally starting to draft well. I wouldn't say that. Well, um, the last couple drafts, Frank Nitty. I'm not saying Frank was a bad pick. Porzingis was a home run. Porz- I did. Did you like the Porzingis pick when I have? No, that was a JJ Watt pick. Because I I have a problem. I would had you said I don't get Porzingis a few years ago, but I could have drafted let's say Doncic. Doncic is a fucking ass. I, I don't. I love the problem him. with the I Euro guys is that it's a different style of game. I'm not gonna lie. You know who I want instead of Porzingis? Who? Justice Winslow. Thank God I was not GM the Knicks for that. Correct. Oh my God. But point is, you, any rebuild, you have to draft well. It has to because if you're because you're admitting you're gonna suck dick and get top ten picks, you can't fuck up those picks. You can't. You fucking can't. Speaking of fucking up picks, you want to hear something interesting? Sure. I'm sure you heard about this. The Raiders. Who's their new GM? Oh, fucking Mayock? Yeah. How interesting is that? Dude, this guy, right? This guy's doing what we're doing. Just mock drafts and bullshit sports talk. Yeah. Well, you know, because the Raiders are notorious for fucking up all their picks. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, what do you mean, yeah? Well, let's, let's just go for the typical Oakland Raiders pick. Runs a blazing 40 time. Yep. Jacked. Does great on the 225 bench yep. press. Low football IQ. And has and is very good at like one specific has definitely, thing. Has been in trouble in the past in college. Not always. Not always. Carl, but Carl Joseph was not was not a tr- problem Carl guy Joseph in college. is good. Carl Joseph but is good. But he no, has. Carl Joseph is fine. He hasn't progressed. No, he has not. But well. he's a legit starter in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that doesn't count. Is also known for being lazy but a, a talented freak. Oakland is known for that. Just like Cincinnati's known for. Hey, listen, you punch a woman in the face, we're gonna draft it. Yeah. Or if you're a fucking, <laughs> or if you're, a, or if you're a legitimate psychopath, i.e., perfect. We don't give a fuck. Play a linebacker. Listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. If I'm a GM of the team and you and you're a psycho like Bert, I want you on my team. I don't want you in the opposing team. I'll tell you that. I want you on my team. I do. All right. I mean, it, all that fine money. Perfect single-handedly is the only player I've ever seen. Him and Pac-Man Jones, they can't be on the same team. Because you can't have that level of sheer stupidity working on the same defense. Dude, is Burfest, is he that dumb? Or is that, I don't think he's that dumb. No, he's, he he's only that dumb, it seems like, when he's playing Pittsburgh. No, I don't think he's that dumb, dude. Dude! I don't think, I think it's intentional. No shit. With no, no, no. What I mean is, like, I think he legitimately wants to hurt this guy. 
I that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's dumb. It's dumb. If, the if, action is dumb, but if, I don't think it's him being like, no, I'm not hurting. If him. you wear black and yellow, and you're playing perfect, he's gonna try to take your head he's off. He's gonna try and kill you. He's the reason Bell tore his ACL. He's given Antonio Brown one serious concussion. And every time he makes it, the only guy that he hasn't gotten yet Juju. is Juju. And, and Juju, Juju got Juju, Juju got laid Juju the Juju fuck out. laid the wood. And that was the greatest hit I saw last year, I think. And he stood over him, too. Definitely talking oh, yeah. shit. Oh, absolutely. No, and, and, you know, I'm just saying I would want him on my team. You know, the whole thing about athletes is you expect them to be so good on and off the field. I, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand how you, you expect a freak of nature who we're, we're training you to beat the shit out of somebody physically and to take a beating physically. Mm-hmm. But yet when you go off the field, be Mr. Rogers. I mean, dude, I don't understand what you expect. They're like, oh, these guys, you know, get into fights and they beat their... What do you expect? Yeah, well... Three people should be, you should have more self-control, sure. But they don't. And if they did, they might not be in the NFL. Well, the, the unique problem that the NBA and the NFL seem to have, especially with the young kids that come in that don't have to graduate college... Yes. Is your there's there's a definite immaturity problem where these kids well, it's not it's not a question of knowing their respective game it it almost seems like it's more of a question of are they ready to be have to be handed millions of dollars it's at not 19? even about I don't think it's about the millions of dollars I think it's more about the status but of what they are being handed take- being handed five million dollars as a nineteen year old who for your entire Life growing up, you've been told you're special, you can do anything. Now, granted, that implies to your sport. Hold on, let me ask you, Luke, let me ask you something, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I don't want to bring up the Kareem Hunt situation. It's a little touchy, but Go ahead. I'm going to bring it up. Watching that video, mm-hmm. what he did was wrong, right? I, he, of course. He, right, okay. How many guys in their lives have been in a situation like that at that age. Whether it's with a male or a female, I don't care. But how many guys have been in a situation where it's late at night... And dumb shit is bound to happen? Dumb shit not only is bound to happen, it, does, it pops off. It finds off. its way. Okay. It finds its way. Now, I'm just saying, between you and me, we've known each other, we go way back, we've yep. had many nights where yep. a lot of things have gone yes. not as planned. And my point is, is that what I don't... It, I blame the NFL. You cannot have 22-year-olds... Who are the faces of cities, know how talented they are, come from humbling beginnings. Yep. Some of them. Some of them come from right. You cannot have that and expect there to be no trouble. How is it that they, they, it must be mandatory my, if you want it to stop, which I don't give a shit if it does. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. If you want it to stop in the year of the NFL, you better pay somebody to be with these guys 24-7. No. And not their boys. Uh, there's a better way to do it. And I, I got called a racist on WFAN, I think, four year, three, four years ago. Oh, my God. With these guys. No, well, well cause I, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a race thing. Oh, the problem, God. I see this a lot with the NBA, sure. and I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. When you have the one and dones that come through a school like Kentucky or Duke or Kansas, right? You're giving these millionaires, young kids that are net, you're turning them into millionaires. There should be at least... A minimum requirement that you graduate college or, with the new G League rule, 
sign and I play disagree. in fucking White Plains, New I York. I disagree. Why? If you're that good, with sports injuries can happen, your career could be over in a day. Sure. There's no if you can play and get paid. I don't care how old you are, play and get paid. Well, that should start at college. No. Oh, no. Everybody do get paid at college. Yeah, but I'm saying the NCAA should allow the schools to be paying. Doesn't matter if the schools, if they allow the schools, they already pay the kids. But here's the thing if you, if the NCAA. I'm not going to mention, all I'm going to say is this. I'm uh, one of my best friends, went to Syracuse uh, with the Eric Devendorfs, the Johnny Flynn's, the Paul Harris's. That team during the great eight overtime game. He has videos on his phone of, of, of you know, some... Whatever. Some of those guys being idiots, I'm sure. Whatever. My bottom line is, these guys were allowed to order in women from foreign countries on the college's credit card. That's hysterical. Order in women! That's hysterical. Not hysterical. They get, they get theirs. Right. Point. Here's what I'm saying. If you eliminate the sweep it under the rug act like it didn't happen bullshit from college and you allow these kids to actually make the living that they deserve, then you at least are teaching them or giving them a shot to not only get an education but to learn something about financial literacy. That has to matter. Because how many of these people play 10 years in a league, make their money, and then are broke within five years because they don't know what the fuck they're doing? Honestly, man, I... I I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Here's what I'm saying is they need, if you're going to try to control everything they, these guys do off the field with money and their personal lives, you got to have somebody with them because a class isn't going to do it. Listen. And I don't think graduate listen, we went, we went to social. I, I went to science class. I've skipped a lot of class. But for the class I did attend, you think I fucking listened? Because I'll tell you no. what, dude. For for I don't know how many years I had to go to school. I could, I don't know I don't know what I learned in school. Oh, you don't learn dick. Yeah, right. So you think a mandatory class, something that these kids did not want to do to begin with, is going to be the answer? No. But if they but if they can't leave early, and they are forced to at least attend four years of I college, was forced to attend four years of high school. Ask me what it did for me. High, but you're not getting paid to go to fucking high school. If you're getting recruited, if you're the number one, NBA, they're gonna get babied regardless. They don't. Come on. But at least no. you're not setting them no. up for failure. Yes, you are. Yeah, you're setting no, you're them up not. for failure. They need somebody who they respect, who's been in their same shoes, that came from the same block they did, that is now at least somewhat understands what they can and cannot do off the field. That's what they're going to listen to. They are not going to listen to Dudley Do-Right, who I love the guy, but J.J. Watt. They're not going to listen to a guy like that. Like, what the fuck do you know where I came from? You think Robbie Anderson on the Jets? This guy... You ever hear him talk? You think he's... I mean, I'm not you saying think he's, he's going to listen to J.J. Watt? No. I'm not saying he's going to listen to Josh McCown either. No, he's not. But he needs somebody who's been in the... He, he, he might listen to a Randy Moss. Maybe. Who came, who came Larry from, Fitzgerald. Now, for, from humble beginnings. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. They need mentors like that. That's Okay. That's so then, why don't... So let's flip it on their heads. Bring it back to the universities. Let's say you take guys that were in the NBA for 10 years, never did a stupid thing in their fucking life, either at the university or... I and, disagree. Or, and, they need to have done stuff. And things. have them be on the coaching staff. They well, need. I'm surprised NBA... Like, when Kevin Alley was coaching UConn. That was a great move, yeah. A th- and they won a title. And now he's not there for whatever legal bullshit's going on with, with sure. them, whatever. Right. But that, or having Chris Mullen run St. John's. Right. Another great hire. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Listen, my point is... If you're going to mentor them, because in the recruiting process, we've seen this even at the at the listen, level of last listen, chance you... What about these guys that... What do you... These I, these kids... Listen, they're not... What, 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 I always say this when I talk. What the hell were you doing? And I kind of know what you were doing because we know each other. Right. We don't need to talk. But what the hell were you doing when you were 20 years old? How much money were you making? Nothing. Uh, no, I'm not saying wage, nothing. Yeah. We were just making enough money to get by, right? Right. But what I'm saying is... Imagine if I, at 20 years old, somebody said, Luke, John, here's $2 million each. And not only that, you are the face of the New York or Pittsburgh yeah. or blank. Right. Jamarcus Russell would have had nothing on what we, we would have done. I'm just telling you, right? Right. All, all, <laughs> all I'm saying and is we this. we didn't even have money. If I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to blame parents of blue chip athletes that come from a rough background because that's... Just a stupid thing to point the finger at. But I think that if I'm a, a legitimate D1 prospect, there has to be some sort of a desire or from the universities to be staffing ex-pros that can help mentor these kids. Because it's also, you'd have to think it's a black eye to a program like a Kentucky or a Duke, if one of their players gets to the league and before he's even j- taken a tip off on opening night, gets himself into a Kareem Hunt situation, it's not a good look. There's, it's there, not a good look. Or a Joe Mixon. That was correct. The, the worst one I saw was Joe Mixon. Right. That or even brutal. even fucking Captain Crab Legs, Jameis Winston, doing dumb shit. Yeah, but they all do, man. It's it's a, it's a tough it's a tough subject. But point is, at a certain point, if you have if you're did you if, see Last Chance you all the seasons? Of course. Can I ask something? Did it seem that those kids respected the authority? Or no, the, no. Did they respect coaches? the authority more who they knew have been down that block? I think there was. For a, instance, it, let's. Uh, there, not, there was a greater respect for Coach Brown at Independence than there absolutely was for the guy at East Mississippi. Yes. Thousand percent. Why? Because they walked the same line. Right. They That's my point. They, and, Brown, they, he, and Brown played in the NFL. Right. They, Even for one year, no, he still matter. made it. He came from the same street, came went through the same shit. Mm-hmm. Being the minority where he grew up, actually, course, a thousand percent. He, and they went to fight it for him. Now, the, a lot of people didn't like the way he spoke, this and that. But that's why those kids liked him because he was real and upfront. Yeah. He wasn't talking like respectfully to them. He was talking to them like they were on the street, like the the same way but that it, they're used to talking with their peers and the way they're used to being talked to. Yeah. That's what matters. That's the difference. If you're a college program and you're, I'm not saying you have I just to, got, I want to interrupt this. I just got a notification on my phone. Bryce Harper is going to meet with an NL East team that is not the Nationals very soon. Uh, it would have to be the Phillies. I don't think so. An NL East team is meet I'm with saying, the Mets? I think it's the Mets. Oh, it's an undisclosed team. Undisclosed. It's a mystery team. The old, if the if there's any fucking free agent who would have the mystery team on him, it'd have to be fucking Harper. I, I Machado did. made it too obvious with his free agent tour. Yeah, I think if the, I don't think if this was the Phillies, I think it would say he's going to see. Well, we did. Well, we got the report not even a half hour Unless ago. Unless the Braves have money, I don't think they do. They might though. All their talents, well, known, except that. for Freeman. It's not inconceivable. I'll tell you what. Why don't we call? Why don't we wrap this up? Yep. And we'll, let's see. Hopefully, Manny signs his deal. It actually is. The, it actually, you are right. It, it's the Phillies. It was a teaser. 
You motherfucker. It was I a just, teaser. It was a just, teaser. It was a teaser. Son of a bitch. I just said the report said the White Sox and the Phillies are ready to offer him 10 years. It was a teaser. It was a teaser. Right. Well, point is, hopefully Machado signs his deal. Hopefully the Adovino signs and the market gets rolling. Well, once, I'm surprised Adovino hasn't signed yet because Familia signed, Miller signed. Yeah, Adovino should sign. Sorry, there's a there's a there's a tier A for relievers. It's the Britons, Robertsons, Kimbrels, Adovino. You think that they're waiting for the? No, you're gonna yes. put, what? You're gonna put them all in the same category? You're out of your mind. As far as tier A, yes, yeah, Kimbrel Kimbrel is the reliever on the market. Let's not yeah, be stupid. Kimbrel number one, but the Britain number two. Kimbrel's your A guy, Britain's your A plus two. guy. Britain's then you have your two. A minus tier. Britain, right. And then your A tier is Robertson. Adovino's like a C plus. He had no. one good year. One good year. But he had a head. Was a great time to have a great year. Sure was. But one good year. I'm not putting any stuff. Well, in I'll take I'll take a guy like Britton who closed me fifty something straight games in a row. I love Britton. Right, and I'll take Robertson who. And Britton's a lefty. Yeah. And Robertson has done it in New York many times. And Robertson's also got that he's got that Houdini in him where he mm-hmm. can he I've seen him pitch his way out of more terrible handcuff situations than most other guys. I love Robertson. Right. All right. On that note. Yeah, let's wrap this shit up. So, guys, do me do me and John a favor. Go to the Instagram. Go to the Facebook. Go to the Twitter. And actually like the page. Because we appreciate the listens that we've gotten. Trust me, we really, really do. But here's the challenge that I pose to you, the listener. If we get 100 views and 100 downloads and plays on this episode... I will be picking three of our followers that follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And y'all, three of y'all will be randomly selected to receive Bleacher Creatures merch from the inaugural listing that we offer. If that doesn't intrigue you, that's fine. If you're only in it for the, for the entertainment, much appreciated either way. If you want to be one of those first people to get some of that inaugural merch, you know where to find us. Again... Have a great start to your new year. We'll see you next week.